0: this week's podcast
1: brought to you by basketball born illnesses
0: well we're uh, hoarding food and supplies for the coming uh, uh coronavirus stuff. you're squinting at me weirdly
1: we're not but we're okay. not no
0: but but we do have more food in our secondary and tertiary pantries than we ordinarily do that's true, and so pantries have been much in the news in our house and um and our nine year old said to me the other day, she said, Dad, you know how we have the." The pantry upstairs and the pantry downstairs, and now you have your car pantry, which I had mentioned to her and she was delighted by to see that I'm keeping snacks in the car. She said, well, look, and she patted her pocket and she had what I think was a granola bar in the uh, pocket of her sweatpants and said, I've got a pants pantry, (laughs) which I now think of as a pants tree. well, here we are once again in basement, getting an early start on self-quarantine and social distancing, two things I've been doing pretty much my whole life
1: and doing very well. Thank you. Yeah, we are, we are. Uh, it's interesting because there's so much conversation about whether or not schools are going to close out here in in Connecticut.
0: Well, they um, will and most It's just colleges yeah, have.
1: I guess it's going to be when when the schools close. The governor just yesterday uh, you know, declared a state of emergency in the state. Yeah, it's. uh, He
0: he didn't declare a state of emergency in other states. The governor of Connecticut has declared (laughs) an emergency in Nevada.
1: Oh, there's probably been governors in the past who uh, have wanted to, have wanted to, and thought they had the power to do something like that. But our our kids are in school today. Um, Who knows what tomorrow will bring? The um, the CIAC, the local you know governing body of the state uh, high school sports, has canceled all of the winter sports tournaments. And I think the girls were, it, were they in their final four?
0: No, the girls were, I th- had just completed the
1: first round of the We were going or? into the quarterfinals, I okay. think. Okay, the, the boys were just about the to start. The hockey tournament there. was about to start. Yeah, the boys' basketball um, state tournament was just about to start. So that cool. happened as we record this yesterday. So things are happening, and uh, it's just a matter of time. And. But until then, you and I will enjoy our self-quarantine. Well, we, we, are, we are the prescribed six feet away from yeah, one another well, right now. We
0: usually are. We always leave room for the Holy Spirit. But right. you, you have um, not been self-quarantined. You've been out and about, blithely traveling the country, risking...
1: Risking our family's health. And, and the health of others, yes. And the health of others, By yeah. traveling
0: to Las Vegas, of all of places. Of all places, <laughs> I
1: know. Las Las Vegas is never struck me as the cleanest, ger, most germ-free place I no, could go. No, the at, city that never sweeps. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so then to go there in the midst of the whole coronavirus thing, two weeks after I was in Palo Alto in San Francisco, which has sort of become the epicenter, other than Seattle. I read of, today that of three
0: San Jose Airport TSA agents uh, are positive for coronavirus. Really? Yeah.
1: Um, I had considered there. flying into San Jose, but I did not. I went into San Francisco. Um, anyway, the good news is it's been two weeks since I was in San Francisco, so I, um, I've been told that I'm okay. Anyway, yeah. Oh, so I
0: tell you all the time that you're okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when, uh, when I flew to Las Vegas on Saturday through Detroit, um, I'm at the gate at the Detroit airport. And I look up and I see a woman. And what looks very much like a wedding gown, a long sleeve to the floor wedding gown. And I'm um, looking at her a little bit quizzically and a couple minutes later the gated agent um, comes over the intercom and says you know we all want to congratulate so and so and so and so because they got married earlier today and and indeed the woman in the wedding gown is standing next to a gentleman in a tuxedo. They let them board the plane first, which was very nice. But do you um, think this was? They a did ruse? not upgrade them. Did they get but,
0: proof of? Uh, did they see the marriage certificate?
1: Exactly. Like who, who gets married and gets on a plane in their wedding attire? Like there's there's in the n- daytime, right? In the yeah, it was in the afternoon, so it was. Um, I think the least comfortable thing I've ever worn in my life was my wedding gown. I mean, it was pretty, but. Um, You know, after Uh, a couple hours, that thing is not a comfortable thing uh, to be wearing, and I would never have considered wearing it on an airplane.
0: I think the most uncomfortable thing I've ever worn is your wedding gown, (laughs) but only when you're before or after I wore it. But only when you're traveling. (laughs) Only when you're practicing. social distancing yes, yes exactly yes. Um, so it, so they, they must have skipped a reception perhaps they were going to las vegas for a destination reception they Maybe. had the wedding in detroit they had a destination reception in las vegas
1: i don't i don't know like that part boggled me like who who gets married and then gets on a plane to vegas of all places but the the most confusing piece was the attire you have 10 minutes Change, put something comfortable on. I mean, even after I call a basketball game and I'm in a dress, before I get on a red-eye flight, I'm changing into my comfy clothes because who wants to be on a plane? And then the flight from Detroit to Vegas, I think is between three and four hours. It's not a short flight. And um, anyway, I just I just found that uh, interesting. And then I don't remember which flight this was. I, it may have been my flight from Detroit, Detroit to Vegas, or it may have been my red-eye. Um, no, it was my flight from Detroit to Vegas. I sit down, and the guy next to me kind of reeked of alcohol. But he didn't reek of alcohol like he had just been at the bar drinking. He reeked of old alcohol, like he was had slept in like, alcohol Like a, like a 1954
0: Chateau Mouton Rothschild, or yeah. when you say old alcohol?
1: <laughs> um, you know, like a, a frat the next day oh, okay. like stale beer or it has sort of that um fruity yeah, sure smell and then we sat down this part i found interesting too he ordered a bailey's on the rocks with a splash of club soda i didn't know that was a thing i didn't know you would get a splash of club soda in a bailey's
0: well you you pour water on your bailey's to water it down or you put 70 ice cubes in it and let those melt into it to well
1: i i don't drink very often, but yeah, on occasion I'll have a Bailey's, and yes, I do like it watered down, but I don't think I'd like it watered down with... And carbonated? um, And carbonated, yeah. Um, I know when I'm
0: drinking a a thick alcoholic hot chocolate on ice, which is essentially what Bailey's is, I I say the only thing that would make this better is if it were carbonated. Right,
1: (laughs) if it were bubbly. And then on the way home from Vegas, I was on a red eye, and uh, through Detroit again, and I can generally sleep on red eyes unless I'm really cold. And when I first got on the plane, I was upgraded to first class, and there's a pillow and a blanket in my seat. So I was getting comfortable, put them by my feet. Anyway, event ended I, up dozing off pretty quickly.
0: Yes. I can I just interject. Yes. You always apologize for mentioning for first class when I get. Upgraded. I was upgraded to first class. I know. I know. And, and 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 I tried to turn it down. I tried to give it to the elderly. Gentlemen, standing. I tried in line, to give it to but, the bride, but they insisted. <laughs> but there was no room for the groom. Okay. So anyway, you were accidentally anyway, upgraded. I was accidentally through upgraded through some crazy mix-up to first class
1: because I fly so much. Anyway, so I dozed off, but I was having a really hard time sleeping because I was really cold, and I had a couple sweatshirts on, my hood up. So eventually, I, I realized, like somewhere in my sleepy brain, that oh yeah, I have a blanket, and so. I look down and I'm feeling around my feet. I find the pillow, but there's no blanket there. And I'm trying to find this blanket, find this blanket, because this is going to solve all of my sleeping problems in the moment.
0: You're searching high and low in a a space, two square feet. Low and low. Yes.
1: And then I look over and the younger woman next to me is 20 something, is asleep, all cuddled up, looking cozy wrapped in her blanket and my blanket so at some point after i dozed off she reached down and grabbed my blanket and was, was using my blanket and therefore i had a hard time sleeping because i was cold
0: weirdly she was also wearing two eye masks <laughs> and four earplugs i thought was really
1: it's a really odd thing to do so anyway um i, I survived the trip the Pac-12 championship game, uh, was it was great to be able to watch Oregon in person again and Stanford in person again. Oregon is so, so good. Um, Sabrina Ionescu had had an amazing game, as as she has done plenty of times this year and over the course of her career. She was scoreless in the first quarter. Stanford had the lead. Next thing you know, Sabrina Ionescu scores 15 points in the second quarter, really gets her team going. Ruthie Hebert played great. Mignon Moore, their defensive specialist, who at times can be an, a liability for them on the offensive end, made four of five from the three-point line um, and was terrific offensively. So anyway, it was... This is, this
0: is like watching somebody who's who's multilingual. Ooh. You segued right s- from sleeping uh, on the seamlessly <laughs> from normal human being talk into, Basket- into basketball analysis, basketball color analysis. Well, analyst voice, I, which is a, which is a different language I'm entirely. A, it, it,
1: it's it was an it was an exciting place to be, and what's interesting too because did you
0: say uh, you said on the offensive end of the floor? I, I, that's not a phrase you hear in real life or normal I, conversation. But go the, on. I, versus
1: I, the offensive end of the plane that I was on. Um, uh,
0: sometimes I, I I think if if I were awake, I'd hear you talking in your sleep w- about uh, in in sort of in basketball, basketball, basketball tongues, phrases. Yeah. Um,
1: Anyway, so th- there's a great crowd there. We played at the man. They played at the Mandalay Bay, which is where the Las Vegas Aces play. And um, but it was funny because the whole arena was green. Was wearing green, Oregon Duck fans. And then there's like a tiny little sliver of a section behind the Stanford bench that was Stanford fans. Like Oregon fans were down there in mass, and um, it was cool to see. But of course, a big part of the conversation that that we were having off the air when I'm talking to my producer and and Adam and Holly is, you know, what's going to happen with the NCAA tournament? Because right now we don't know. It, you know, some places like UCLA said they're not going to allow fans in to watch games. I saw that on Twitter yesterday. Stanford has said the same Do you thing. think
0: UCLA opens themselves up to the ACLU? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, both of those teams, because in women's college basketball, the top 16 seeds host the first and second rounds, and both of those teams are in line to host and you wonder, you know, are they going to be playing their games in their arenas in front of, you know, a crowd of 100? What's going to happen at the Final Four in New Orleans this year? Is it going to be, are these games going to be played with no fans? And we were talking about this in terms of our job as announcers. And, um, and our producer said, if that happens, we'll have to move our announce table farther away from the court because if there's no fans there the players will be able to hear everything that we're saying and that's not good for anybody (laughs) and um, she brought up an example of a tennis match where I don't know why it was so quiet other than it's a tennis match. Supposed to be, yeah. And I guess the announcer was saying something critical or, you know, pointing out that James Blake had been struggling. And he actually turned and looked at the announcer and said, really? (laughs) (laughs) So they were saying, you know, with us, what does that mean? If If we happen to be in an empty arena, will they move us from courtside to a luxury box? Will we just move up to the concourse level? Who the heck knows? Or will you
0: just stay at the courtside and announce as sycophantically as possible? What a brilliant (laughs) coaching move. Right,
1: (laughs) right, exactly. Um, Or, you know, who knows? Would they? uh, and And at the Final Four, they bring our studio set to the site. Well, of course, if there's no fans there, that doesn't make sense. Would studio then still be in Bristol? You know, all of this, of course, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter when you're talking about a global pandemic, but in our little tiny world of covering sports, it, it was something that we we're talking about a lot. So, um, so anyway, who knows what the next couple of weeks is going to look like um, as we socially distance ourselves or not, and uh, what 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 all is going to happen? But um, time will tell, I suppose.
0: But if we're if we're confined to our home, I guess we will still be able to. Do podcasts while surviving on what remains of our Campbell soup supply, right?
1: <laughs> surviving on Campbell soup. I went to the grocery yesterday and uh, I was it, it gave me a sense of relief when I walked in and at least the grocery store looked the same. You know, there was still lots of fruits and vegetables in the produce section and and all the aisles were stocked full like they normally are until I got over to the section with the paper goods where they have Um, toilet paper. And I had seen online people going to their stores and completely wiped out of toilet paper. And I was somewhat relieved and happy to see that at our stop and shop, there wasn't, it wasn't completely stocked full, but there was still plenty of toilet paper for people to purchase. So uh, we are not, you know, in those places where people are now saving their newspapers, (laughs) just in case the uh, toilet paper supply doesn't return. Do
0: you think the people that that those kind of people... Subscribe to print newspapers.
1: Do I think what
0: the, the kind of people who who hoard toilet paper are the kind of people who subscribe <laughs> to? Well, maybe they are the kind of people who subscribe to print no, newspapers. No, that's. What I I'm think saying. they would. They use their print newspapers mainly to make paper hats with them. I think when they I, when they run out of tinfoil.
1: I'm saying no. I'm saying the type of people that hoard toilet paper don't get at newspapers delivered. The people who are going to need those newspapers for other purposes are the non-toilet paper hoarders.
0: Right, who are unlikely to be newspaper readers.
1: This will be my last plane story, I think, for this podcast. But as I was getting off the plane, or waiting to get off the plane, after flying from Vegas to Detroit, it fascinates me what people are willing to tell complete strangers. And so I was uh, just standing there. I wasn't even eavesdropping. I was just standing there, and my ears work. So I was hearing this... I don't know, late 20-something, early 30-something-year-old guy talking to a woman completely out of the blue. I think she asked him, you know, do you live in Detroit or who knows? And anyway, he just started talking and told her that he had just spent a month in Vegas with a frat brother because he gets seasonal disorder. And he said, and it's way worse for me. Doctor said I have to get out um, or I just want to hole up in a closet. He's telling this to a woman he's just met and me who he's never met. And then somehow she asked him what he does for a living he said well i have my hands in a few things real estate big legal marijuana grow and then something else and i just love the phrase big legal marijuana grow is uh is one of the things that this I, this guy who has seasonal disorder so is this, is this has like his what hands
0: in. what um state sanctioned marijuana farms are now is is that Instead big of, right. big weed is that what?
1: Yeah, instead of big pharma, he well he said big legal marijuana grow doesn't yeah. have the
0: same ring, but because the kids this week of course had big pretzel as their one of their hot lunches, <laughs> right? And I can't help but see Mr. Salty and Auntie Ann in a smoke filled room, perhaps with the people from Rolled Gold there, uh-huh. set price fixing and colluding with as. Big pretzel.
1: D- deciding the exact right amount of salt to put on it yes. so that it uh, it gets you
0: hooked. Exactly. <laughs>
1: you
0: know, when you mentioned doing the Pac-12 tournament in spite of or amidst COVID-19, which also kind of sounds like a conference in its own right. It
1: does, yeah.
0: It, or it sounds like COSIDA, the Sports Information Directors Consortium. I saw somebody asking the question of, You know who do you sing Happy Birthday to when you're washing your hands for? You're Mm -hmm. supposed to sing Happy Birthday other people. What songs do you? What other songs can you sing besides Happy Birthday when washing your hands? And a lot of people say My Sharona because it rhymes with Corona. Um, But a guy David Squires, who's a cartoonist for the Guardian, he writes uh, does these very funny uh, Premier League soccer cartoons. He said he has been singing while washing his hands. Come on, Eileen, to COVID nineteen and, uh, or COVID-19, to come on, I I should say, yes, um, forgive me, and and now I can't get that out of my head when I'm washing my hands, so I just thought I would put it into your head.
1: Exactly, well, that was an interesting thing that I noted when I was traveling the last two weekends, because this past weekend I was going to Vegas, the previous weekend I was going to Minnesota, is that um, people are spending a lot longer washing their hands in public restrooms. Like, women are pretty good about washing their hands, um, but they're spending longer, and uh, and when I was in Vegas, Sean Farnham, who's one of our men's basketball analysts, was saying that he's he's like, I have good hygiene. He said, you know, I always wash my hands after using restroom, he said. But when he has been flying, he has noticed that there, even though there's never, ever been a line before at the sinks in the public restrooms, he uses and that, that now there is. And um, and as you talk about the songs you sing when you wash your hands, I realized You know, now I'm singing happy birthday in my head, too, as I'm washing my hands. But I'm not washing my hands for any longer. I'm just singing happy birthday faster. (laughs) Like, I always, you know, soap them up, lather them, wash them, whatever. Yeah, it's just I'm going happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, because I still don't want to wash my hands for longer than, you know. 10 seconds or I, I, whatever it
0: is. So. I still only wash my hands for a few seconds but I find myself doing several laps around the infinite loop of the paper of the cloth towel dispenser. Oh yeah, gross you know,
1: <laughs> the notion of that. As a friend and, as
0: a friend of ours said to me the other day he said you know what the worst thing is is those uh those air hand dryers are supposed to be the worst one. they're just they're just sucking in all the, the gross, airborne stuff and right. shooting it back on your hands. I said yes I, I'm aware of that because of course that has been a frequent topic of our of yeah. podcast. At some yeah point. I generally
1: dry my hands by wiping them on a part I, I, of my clothes I, I
0: used to do that but with these new fears I now wipe them on somebody else's pants right. <laughs> lovely
1: um, yeah, my hands are all dry, they're cracking, Doesn't, even using all that lotion isn't helping. That, that's the other thing that has been gone from the grocery store actually for the last few weeks is um, is the Purell, you know, the hand sanitizer, that, that section's been wiped out. But it was funny because when I was there yesterday, I was looking there and the previous time I was at the grocery store, there was just like this this narrow swath of empty space where the, uh, where the hand sanitizer used to be. Now that empty space is gone and they've just filled it in with soap. Like, we refuse to admit that we don't have enough of this product. Well, that's fine, because when I was a kid, there (laughs) there was no
0: hand sanitizer, as far as I know, and nobody used it, and and soap seemed to work. Right. Well, yesterday, as we record this, you texted me about some invitation the two of us had received, and you you said, preemptively, I am going to decline on both of our behalves. B-E- B-E-H-A-L-V-E-S. and I thought that was great. I thought that was <laughs> what it terrific. Sh- what should it have been? That's perfect. That's ex- whatever it should have been. That's what it should be. I could and have said I'm going to decline on our be- on our um, on our behalf.
1: Well, that's the thing that would just be the, declining. The invitation, <clears throat> the invitation wasn't for both of us to be a sure. part of this thing. It was for would either of us okay. be interested. So I couldn't decline on our behalf. I had to decline on our each behalves. of our behalves. <laughs> behalves. Oh, behalves. Yes, we, uh, and decline I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what you do so well. I, I,
1: I've gotten good at, at declining. That and is by the
0: true. way, I'm just going to throw this out to the listening audience, and I don't want to solicit, um, I, I, be, be careful what you solicit. What does my voice sound like to you, Rebecca? If, if, if I had a vocal doppelganger, who would it be? because i'm going to tell you at the end of this who who producer denny gallagher thinks after 120 um. episodes he finally he finally realized while editing last week's podcast he texted me i'm listening and and i finally realized who you sound like yeah,
1: i i i don't have a voice doppelganger for you i mean other than your brother tom a little bit um, but and i and i'm pretty attuned to that we were watching a, a hg tv show a couple weekends ago it was we on the were? tv it was on the TV. Our daughter was watching, it. and okay. I said to you, "I said that woman sounds just like Julie Bowen from Modern Family," and she did. They they had the same tone in their voice. They had the same kind of accent. Right. I so I am very in tune when I hear voices to somebody sounding like someone else. But I've but, never heard somebody that I thought sounded like you or vice versa. Was a,
0: a, a vocal gunger? <laughs> well, yes. Denny Gallagher texted me last week that he finally figured out who I sound exactly like exactly like exactly like you sound
1: like someone else, not that they sound like you.
0: well, either you tell way, me who was the, it? The person was John Tesh <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and since you're now playing the piano I know, I said I
0: wish I had his mad the, uh uh whatever that would be new age keyboard skills that came up with the NBA on NBC of the 90s right. team. I thought you were going to say, you wish you had his mad mane of hair. Well, I He th- used to have that, was that flourish was blonde on, hair on the top or. of
1: his head. He was on Entertainment yeah, Tonight, at, yeah.
0: With, with uh, Mary Hart. Yeah. yeah of course.
1: She was the one who famously had her legs insured for a million dollars or something crazy. Remember that While sitting at
0: a desk? I don't know you can only see her from the neck up couldn't I, you no I, I don't know but frequent, she frequently sits behind home plate at Dodger Stadium during playoff games really often in the company of Larry King yes
1: well John Tesh I have not seen him in a, um, in a while but uh, or heard him but next time I do how does Denny even know John Tesh isn't Denny too uh, young to have grown and, up with uh, that
0: era of entertainment tonight Denny is a, he's, he's he's pop culturally he's my age if
1: there was a name that I that I could have bet money that I didn't think would ever come out of Denny Gallagher's mouth, it would have been John Tesh. That would have been the first name you came up it with? It would have been one of them. Yeah. If I had a list to, to pick from, yes.
0: But if you had a list of, of uh, future spouses to pick from and, and one of them was a guy who sounds like John Tesh.
1: Years ago, n- no, but now, <laughs> if if I was looking at a list now of future spouses, well, well clearly, if you had any choice in the matter, no, but <laughs> this is uh, this has gone weird,
0: <laughs> gone weird. <laughs> well, it has gotten weird, so shall we just get, get to viewer mail? Not that that will be <laughs> just to make it a little
1: weird. weirder, let's go yes, to viewer exactly. mail. Big Papa,
2: throw our lure,
0: your well, uh, Sean with a W writes, Rebecca and Steve, here's some fast break and Catawalleter University trivia. Now, we mentioned on last week's podcast, the Gabe Kaplan movie, Fast Break, which you never saw. Correct. Bernard King was in it, along with other... Did you say there's a woman
1: who pretends to be yeah, a man. Yeah, and I said, and and I said it, it was
0: DC Daisy, and shame on me. Of course it wasn't DC Daisy. Rebecca and Steve, here's some fast breaking Cadwallader, Cadwallader U trivia. DC Daisy was the star that was wanted by the law, while Swish was a woman that pretended to be male in order to play against men. Absolutely, of course. Swish was the woman, DC Daisy was the the fugitive star. I don't know this to be fact, writes Sean, but the urban legend around hoop junkies like me is that at the time, 1978, the film was very loosely based around Jerry Tarkanian and UNLV for their problems at the time that included getting top teams to schedule them, players with questionable reputations, yada, yada, yada. Ked Walleter was located in Nevada. I do remember that. And the top 10 rival is supposed to be UCLA, although the coach is deliberately written to not resemble John Wooden. I remember, I think the the, the rival even had UCLA's colors. Um,
1: well, let's watch this movie. It's got to be available Absolutely. somewhere. Absolutely, of course. I'm
0: just starting to think that perhaps this should have been my college thesis. Writes Sean. Love the show. Um, thank you, Sean. And and of course, Swish, not D.C. D.C. was was the woman. Doctor Ken. Were either of them played by John Tesh? Uh, both actually, in a in a, in a um, Freaky Friday like right. uh, Parent Trap role. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Doctor Ken. I just finished this week's podcast and was happy, so happy, to hear about Lauren. There is at least one more Fort Wayne listener to be and see. Like her, I assume I already have my tickets for the NCAA regional that will be here in a few weeks.
1: Uh if if they let the fans in, well, we'll see. They will, but we still good have for it there. him; he, he has the, the tickets to Fort Wayne. Our guests well, he, are—he
0: he lives in Fort Wayne. To be fair, he's not flying there from—I know—he still has but, tickets. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Our um our our resident well not our resident but our bracketologist that espn charlie cream projects that the top two seeds in fort wayne will be maryland and louisville so he could see some good basketball there interesting
0: uh belated thank you for steve writes dr ken uh every year i save a book i know i'm going to enjoy for mid-december as a reward for getting to the end of the semester and knights was the book last year i was only a couple of chapters in Nights in White Castle, that is, when my wife had a significant health issue. I'm sorry to hear that. All is well now. She's almost fully recovered. Nights became my hospital book, which I read while she was in emergency surgery and during her naps in the days that followed. I so much appreciated having the book, which provided an escape into memory. I, too, remember John Wesley Harden, who, Rebecca? Yes. Shot a man just for snoring. Do you remember those Time in Life books commercials? Yes. Okay. Because you may not remember that from having read Nights in White Castle, which... I did read *Knight's nice White Castle* and I
1: enjoyed it, but I don't remember every single detail.
0: That's and a tip of the hat to Rebecca for responding to to a viewer mail by saying, "quote I think most wives and moms are uncertified psychiatric nurses just by being a mother and a wife. It may be that no truer words have ever been spoken on BNC. and C." Did writes, you know that I said that last week, Steve? I'm sure I'm sure I did, <laughs> but no, I don't specifically remember. Uh, Ralph writes, Hi, Restiva. I, I agree that the Maryland women are a great team, and, it, and I attended the Iowa game where the Terps won handily. They lost to them earlier in the year at Iowa. During halftime, I visited the men's room. The radio broadcast was piped in, and their guest was none other than Kylie McLaren, a former UConn player. She's part of the MD staff. She's part of the Maryland staff?
1: She is, and this was a big disappointment for me because when I was in Minnesota for the Maryland game, Kylie was ill. And so she was back in Maryland. She didn't uh, make the trip, but she's one of my favorite people and players that wore a Husky uniform. So I was disappointed I didn't get to see her when well, I was out there.
0: Ralph writes, I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but it would be cool if she does. Yukon, Maryland would be a great regional matchup in Fort Wayne, but it's not likely to happen unless Northwestern beats them in the Big Ten tournament, send the Wildcats to Portland. You just mentioned, coincidentally, yes. who is likely to be in Fort Wayne, right?
1: Yes. and uh, And one of the reasons Connecticut will at least as it's been explained to me, will be sent out to Portland as the two-seed is because the Pac-12 has so many teams this year, not only in the tournament, but as high seeds, including UCLA and Stanford. They're not going to send Stanford to Portland to have to face Oregon for a fourth time in a regional final. So therefore, Stanford would get sent to Baylor the reason Louisville will be the two-seed in Fort Wayne is because they're within driving distance, which is one of the procedures and policies that the selection committee uses. Anyway, this is a, all a way of explaining why Louisville would be the two-seed in Fort Wayne and Connecticut will most likely be the two-seed in Portland. There's well, a lot of stuff What you've going just on. done is,
0: is you've gone— I've gone back into the you've gone speak. full Cornacki. I think, is what yeah, you've just done. Yeah,
1: I've gone full Charlie
0: Cream. George, my monocle dealer— Writes in and you said you things had gotten weird so let's go to viewer mail yeah let's, let's see if they get any weirder shall we <laughs> okay. Stephen Rebecca won congratulations to Justin Meekins he was the he's the um, college baseball player oh, yes. who wore a monocle in his in his media guide yes. picture for creating an entirely new category of eyewear the sports monocle <laughs> okay like a rec spec monocle yes. kind of thing Perfect. I'm Wouldn't loving that? it yeah uh, now now you would need require a single a modified crokey, I guess, to to hold that in place as you're playing sports. Well,
1: you would just need because monocles because tend to George have is also my crokey dealer. A narrow frame, so it, but a sports a sports well, monocle would hopefully have a big like plastic. Well, I, I've frame. already
0: stolen a glance at the at the attachment and, and oh, did he send a picture? Well, there were a couple of pictures, so <laughs> brace yourself. I am concerned, however, that without some type of flip down shades parentheses shade, he could lose a fly ball in the sun. Photo of prototype monocle shade is attached and indeed here is a flip down shade for your monocle. Okay. You
1: will certainly forward this uh, to of me. Course this I is will.
0: the kind of thing that we can and on our
1: Instagram like have to be the only ones who can provide this type flip of flip
0: down shade <laughs> to the monocle. <laughs> I mean this is unbelievable. Oh, this
1: is perfect. Two. Yes.
0: This is an entirely separate part of the email, okay? Okay. Regarding the discussion of alarm shaming I recently learned that in late 19th and early 20th century England, there was a job called knocker-upper. These people were paid to roam the neighborhood and wake their clients up in the morning. And there is also a photo attached here from black-and-white photo from what looks like the turn of the last century of a woman hailing people at their windows in the morning in, in London. Early knocker-upper technique involves banging loudly on the client's door, but this quickly proved to be unsatisfactory as it awakened the entire household and neighbors. Knocker-upper technology then evolved, writes George, to the use of a long stick to tap on the person's bedroom window, much like a yardstick. The technology reached its peak when London's second-generation knocker-upper, Mary Smith, pictured here, used a pea shooter to fire dried peas at the knocker-upper's window. Eventually, the introduction of affordable alarm clocks made knocker-uppers obsolete. So, from a historical perspective, 128 preset alarms on your cell phone really is pretty convenient. I don't know. This
1: makes me think. We'll have I have to post
0: that photo too. These are these are incredible. This I, may be the greatest uh, viewer mail we've ever received. Could be.
1: I um. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I was in a car with a guy. Uh, the driver was telling me that there is a service that his company uses. This may have been one of the times when I went out to South Bend and drove from Chicago. But anyway, he said there's a, a service they use. They get called in the morning to or at whatever time to make sure. That they're awake to go pick up whoever they're supposed to pick up. So either they have to call the service and say yes, I'm awake, I'm ready to go pick up whoever the service calls them. If they don't answer or respond, that indicates to the service that they have to get a different driver. So um, kind of a different sort of. I I think we may have talked about this, but sort of like a a wake up call for uh, for drivers. This being, you know, like they're they're getting knocked up, up, as it were. Exactly.
0: Well, just another incredible. Photo attachment in the next viewer mail that I'm looking at. I is mean, this, this is, also
1: from Armónica Daily? No, no,
0: no. This is a this is an this is just the next email in the Make queue. Sure I'm going you send me these because I, I would very much like to I post will. these. This is from um, Teresa the Critter Sitter, and she writes, "Rebecca and Steve, this week I made my annual adventure to the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. I mm. took this photograph of Coach Andy Landers for Rebecca. He was sweeping the floor during a break in the action." I'm not sure what precipitated this. His cohorts on the broadcast desk, Alyssa and Steffi, were very amused the entire time. I'm sure they were getting back at him for something he said. And here's a photo of Coach Landers in a suit sweeping the floor. I'm certainly during a timeout. Yeah, or I'll, a break in the action.
1: I will have to ask him about that. Yeah, I was with Coach Landers his past. Uh, Monday evening in studio. he's one of the most interesting and delightful people you will meet, and I will ask him why he was sweeping the floor. It's the
0: best time of the year for the for women's basketball fans, writes Teresa. I trust Rebecca looking forward to it. I'm sure the Russian family is not looking forward to melting meat dinners and breakfast for dinner. That's from our resident pet sitter. But since we're social distancing our, ourselves and I'm six, 12 feet from you, mm-hmm. I want you to get a good look at this po- photo um, in case you would like to comment on it. So you can see clearly see an Arkansas Razorback cheerleader in the background, and um, he's just sweeping the lane.
1: And if it was Arkansas, it probably was the SEC semifinal game. Um, but <laughs> Coach Landers is wonderful. S- South Carolina ro- just romped through the um, SEC tournament. They are playing really, really well right now. They are a team. I- I'll be surprised if they don't find their way to the Final Four. Um, they are just rolling on all cylinders. But uh, you know, perhaps partly because Coach Landers was keeping the floor nice and clean for them.
0: I think you fire on all cylinders and you roll on all four tires. Yeah, probably. something but like that. But
1: can you can. You, what did I say? Roll on. You,
0: they're rolling on all cylinders. They're right rolling now. on all.
1: You roll on cylinders, though, right? Uh, perhaps. I, I mean, don't.
0: Know. I, I think you'd prefer. I'm mixing wheels, my metaphors.
1: Is that even a metaphor? If they're if I'm they're rolling my if they're rolling
0: to New Orleans on cylinders, they're not going to get very far. <laughs> Uh, dear Rebecca and Steve, writes our uh, palindromic friend Bob in North Carolina. My wife and I are traveling to Ireland this summer, and Ooh, we'll be renting are you a car. Still? Are they still? Are I, you still? I, well, this came in from uh, on Sunday, so I hope so. Have you ever rented a car in your travels to Ireland? asks Bob. If so, do you have any advice specifically? Should we upgrade to an automatic transmission or stay with the manual transmission that we have already reserved? I feel like we're click and clack now, the car guys. Uh, should we list both of us as drivers or keep it as, as is with just me as the driver? Each of these upgrades have additional costs. Would an additional monetary outlay lead to lower marital stress? We look forward to hearing any advice you have into to taking pictures with Ball and Chain Swag at the Guinness Brewery, the Cliffs of Moher, and a Doolin Pub uh, Bob. Well, Bob, well,
1: I... Can I just throw in my two cents Well, first, Well, because please? you're the automotive
0: expert who who rolls on cylinders, absolutely. Well,
1: number one, I've never been to Ireland. If That's one place I would really like to go. I've never been there, so I can't speak specifically to going to Ireland. But when you get a standard transmission overseas, you're also having to deal with the stick shift being on the left side, No, right? n-
0: not in Ireland. Though.
1: Not in Ireland? They, they drive like we do here?
0: Exactly. Oh, okay. But in, in England and Scotland, yes. Um... I have been to Ireland, Bob, and my advice to you is to do what I did, which is rent a bus <laughs> and a driver. You want to lower marital stress? I went a with, bus an inti- entire. I went entire with bus. with my dad, my uncle, my siblings, and you talk about stressful. It's it's just stressful watching the dr- because so many of the particularly rural roads are narrow with with you know, hedgerows pressing in on both sides, people flying around bends, and it doesn't seem like there will be room for two vehicles to pass in opposite directions. So, um, but if you're renting the car, I would definitely rent the automatic for an additional outlay, as you put it, uh, because uh, forgive me if I've told the story before, but I remember, uh, I think it was in uh, Valley Bunyan during this Crazy heat wave in Ireland. Um, we we there's a statue of Bill Clinton, by the way, in Ballybunion, and uh, we were we were anyway we were driving through some city center town center, and in this white kind of uh, bigger than a van, smaller than a bus sort of thing, and there are two teenage girls walking through the street and as we passed they just looked up at the van and flipped double birds at us which I just enjoyed the hell out of because yeah the the vehicle has probably pointed us out as tourists as golf uh idiots and um and that was their appropriate reaction um
1: why is there a statue of Bill Clinton there
0: uh, there's a statue of Bill Clinton because of the uh, the whole Ireland peace process that uh, during the uh, Clinton oh, administration, okay. and 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 frankly, why not?
1: <laughs> well, and and when making the decisions um, on the rental car, this is my piece of advice: make all the decisions as if your wife is doing all of the driving, and you are the passenger. So. If, it, if you think it would make you feel more comfortable if the person driving you was driving an automatic instead of the standard transmission or whatever else the case may be, put yourself in your wife's place, not necessarily knowing that she's going to be the passenger, but as if your wife is doing all the driving,
0: that's how you make your decisions. By the way, the, the statue of Clinton, he's golfing in the statue, and and, and it may just be that uh, he golfed there. So <laughs> Okay. Dr. Gary Siegel checks in. Dear Rebecca and Steve, I would love to attend the women's final four in New Orleans and meet Rebecca. Thanks for the suggestion. Unfortunately, writes Dr. Siegel, we have Hamilton tickets in Atlanta on the Saturday between the semis and the final game. So that dream has to die hard. For like you, I said before, do you? Yeah, and yeah, will that, will the show still true. go on? Well, if, if, only, if only he knew a doctor. <laughs>
1: Yes, if only he knew. I, I assume
0: he's been washing his hands uh, for a living, for so he he should be all set. By the way, I want I don't know if Doctor Siegel has seen Hamilton. Mm-hmm. If this is a repeat view of Hamilton, but I was the auctioneer at a at a at a school fundraiser recently, and, and one of the big live auction items was tickets to Hamilton. In which city? In New York City. Where was I auctioning? Or Where no, no, was, the, where was oh, the, oh, the Hamilton? The show. Hamilton show was in New York City, okay, on Broadway, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I asked that question. How very did you question. not come home with those? I said, "Well, I was, I, I, I didn't. Well, we've seen Hamilton. We have, and, I, and I'd like to see it again. But I, I said that. I said, if you've seen Hamilton, see it again. If you haven't seen Hamilton, um, you'll you'll love it. And I said, do you know who hasn't seen Hamilton? The two people sitting behind." Rebecca and me at Hamilton <laughs> when we saw it at did the Opera House a, in Boston. Did that get a good laugh? I don't know if I got a good laugh. I, I think I was dying up there, but but um, it got a, it got an internal laugh from me. And uh, but it's true. Remember, we sat like in the third or fourth row yeah, at but Hamilton we in Boston, did what we and, always and, and do, we heard we the deep
1: slouched down low.
0: The deep existential sighing of the people who that was arrived the, just after us and sat behind us. That was realized, when the
1: people in front of us had put their big giant winter coats on oh, the back right, of their seats. Right. And it was like a car yes. bag deployed in front of us. But no, you and I, when we're at the movies, when we're at shows, we, we slouch. slouch down because we are... That's
0: why the live flat seats at the new the new lie flat seats at our local movie theater are so great. Because you can essentially be supine during the movie and not be blocking anybody behind you.
1: You think they'll um, st- stop... Letting people go to movies, too, at some point during the whole state of emergency in Connecticut? Uh,
0: I don't we, know. We shall wait and see. How will people ever watch movies at home?
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that could possibly happen.
0: On a better note, writes Dr. Siegel, with reference to a much earlier podcast or two, while visiting New Orleans, we attended a children's birthday party along with our 17-month-old granddaughter, the invitee. I'm glad it was the, the, the 17-month-old granddaughter who was <laughs> invited to the children's birthday party. It was at an indoor children's party facility with slides, places to climb, and two bouncy houses. She enjoyed being on the outside of the bouncy house and watching the bigger children play within it. With warmest regards, Gary with two Rs. I mean, I feel a little sad that uh, much, if not most, of our bouncy castle uh, life is is, is behind us.
1: That makes me very sad.
0: I mean nothing's to prevent us from renting a bouncy castle and just living well, in the yard this summer. I was summer.
1: thinking that as I was walking through the airport, I, I don't remember if it was Vegas or Detroit, but they had a children's play area and um
0: Dallas has that one I know.
1: Yeah, and our kids have kind of outgrown that too. There's there's parts there's certain things that happen that you see and you're driving by Although our kids still very much like playground outdoor playgrounds, but you go by certain things, you're like, Oh yeah. We used to no, spend no a longer. lot of time in that type of place, and we aren't going to go there again until, you know, God willing, we're grandparents. Like, it's just a
0: weird, weird place to be. Well, I, I may be, I may be uh, given, given my uh, advanced age, I may have to adopt grandchildren. <laughs> or else you'll have them, and then you'll be
1: in a home that you're not allowed visitors. Right. Like but uh, but <laughs> speaking
0: of not allowed visitors, I have to think that bouncy castles. Ball pits, Ugh. children's play areas yeah. at Dallas Fort Worth Airport—they've all got to be uh, completely bubbled off and with police caution tape surrounding them at this point.
1: Well, and that's the other thing too. As I circle back to you know, women's basketball and tournament time—like it's no secret that a large segment of the women's college basketball fan base is the ones who are older people, and they're the de- demographic that. You know, is most susceptible to um, to illness and that sort of thing. To so.
0: ball pit born illnesses,
1: <laughs> to <laughs> basketball born illnesses. Uh, so you anyway, know,
0: I, I say this with with nothing but love and respect. You are a basketball born illness. You are a uh, a carrier of enthusiasm for basketball. And and when you dropped that phrase, as I circle back to basketball, I was thinking. How are we circling back to basketball? Why are we circling back to basketball? And yet it all circles back to basketball. And 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 I like that. And I say that with respect. But you are, I've just realized, I'm you a basketball are a
1: basketball-born illness.
0: You are a basketball-born. <laughs> you are.
1: You still, are. I'm still confused by the illness you are, you portion. Are, of you this. are a
0: bearer of basketball illness. Illness. It's because the, the the whole thing, you know, something that goes viral is often a a, a heartwarming thing. It's often a good thing. It's often a, a inspirational thing. Viral, yes, but not so the illness. virus in its sense in in itself is not ma- I am a basketball malign. born illness. Let's just sure. leave it there. Okay, well let's do that. But we have we, we would leave let's, it there, but we have one let's more we to have I one go more viewer mail. To our viewer mail. We have a viewer mail whose header is bacon exclamation mark, so I'm I'm gonna have to uh, read that and it's hi Rebecca and Steve uh, this comes from our ball and change resident patent attorney Ed in Maryland. In a recent podcast Rebecca expressed a complaint about how sliced bacon is packaged. And you did in, in fact.
1: I just said it was false advertising
0: with the slices overlapped to show only the lean portions. Growing up in the 1960s, I remember seeing the same kind of packaging at our our local A&P, so it's an old trick. I recently found the attached U.S. patent. Ed always finds the patents. He does. Basically, it's a bacon slicing machine, but it also discusses, quote, means for stacking the separated slices in overlapping relation. The patent application was filed in 1929, so this is a very old trick. In fact... I'm now going to start referring to things as the best thing since sliced bacon.
1: How great is it that, like, we talk about how different brains work and stuff, and, and because he's a patent attorney, that's where his brain goes is, oh, bacon, how does this apply to patent law? Which is and fascinating. It's just, it is fascinating. I love it.
0: Ed writes, I thought you'd be interested since bacon is clearly a big part of your lives, as it should be. Love your podcast, Ed. Thank you, Ed. Isn't Thanks. that great how we've portrayed in our podcast that bacon is a big part of our lives? And isn't it great that that people, you know, everybody, what I love is people just take it at face value. It's no, you talk about monocles, you get a... You get a monocle. You get a monocle with, it, with a flip down shades. <laughs> you talk about the, the, the uh, manner in which bacon is displayed in stores, you get the attached 1929 patent. For displaying bacon in that fashion. I mean, uh, God bless these viewers because um, had they not bought into this nonsense, we wouldn't, we, our lives wouldn't be enriched in this way.
1: We wouldn't have the um, scheduled weekly social... Psychiatric exam. And social distancing.
0: Social distancing. I mean, I, well, what is a podcast but social distancing? True. Uh, we're, having, we're having contact with people... Without actually having to have contact with people or even see them, it sounds like your utopia. It's it's um, it's pretty good, pretty pretty good. Pretty, uh, I think there's
1: three pretty 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 good. Well, anyway, I think anyway,
0: we've, we we've said we've said too much.
1: I am a basketball-born illness for, I'm, from,
0: <laughs> and I'm John Tesh's vocal ganger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for for Danny Gallagher. A basketball born illness and
0: And me, John Tesh. <laughs>
1: Tom Dick Hari Play us out.
2: Sing says no pain, no gain and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit but we all arrive intact Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet live in its cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test Androgynous and fiduists what well, we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane